0: Dear God, we turn to you, our Father and Creator, Lord, and being that you are a Creator who has created everything in perfection, Lord, we acknowledge that our bodies, our biological bodies are designed by you, Lord, and they, they perform in a certain way, Lord, and it is this afternoon that we want to learn more about that for our, for our children's sake, Lord, so that as we raise them according to your word, Lord, we could also be knowledgeable of your wonderful works, Lord. We pray that you would bless this forum. And most of all, Lord, bless each person who attends this forum and provide them with the mind that would be, they would be able to accept the information, Lord, and use it to, to good works unto you eventually in their lives with their children. We pray this in your son's blessed name. Amen. I think everybody knows who... Uh, I am and Linda, I'm Louis Yan, this is Linda Yan, and Linda Linda is actually going to be doing the, uh, the forum, and I'm going to be doing the introduction, and to get started on the introduction, I, I just want to um, give you a little bit of background of how the forum was developed and why it was developed. A few years ago, Linda took a position as a, a nurse at our local college, and um, one of her jobs as the local nurse was to go into the residence and provide the... The students and the residents with a little bit of health teaching. The first year she got there, she called the local health, public unit, health unit, public health unit. Thank you. And they came in. They did their version of, uh, um, I guess, how physical relationships—just uh, no, just basic sex ed. Sex ed. Just thank basic you. Sex ed. And um, the first thing Linda came home and said to me, she said, "You know what?" what they're teaching them is not going to help these kids at all. And as most of the secular world looks at uh, physical relationships, they look at it from the point of view that, well, if I can avoid an unplanned pregnancy or if I don't catch a sexually transmitted disease, uh, life is wonderful and I am a success. But... Coincidentally enough, Linda um, comes home, she shares her day with me and she says, you know, a lot of the students that I see, they come into my office and sometimes they are coming in for a pregnancy test or they would like a pregnancy test or they would like to be tested for a sexually transmitted disease. But more often than not, their problem is not the unwanted pregnancy. Their problem is not the uh, sexually transmitted disease. Their problem is dealing with the emotional attachments they have with that partner that they had let's say they had a partner for just one night or they had a partner for a brief moment. Um, what these students don't realize, and this is what this form is about, is that as soon as they enter a physical relationship with their partners, all kinds of biological things happen to their body that affects them emotionally. And the biggest problem they have dealing with is with their emotions. And, The first thing that we thought about, they said, you know what, we have all this knowledge where we have the realization that having a physical relationship affects you emotionally and you have an attachment to the person of the opposite sex. We should bring this knowledge to our children. And the first thing when you t- I talk to many people within our fellowship, the first thing they say is this. They say, well, it doesn't really apply to us and our children because if... I teach my children the right way, if I teach them biblical principles, if they follow the normal apostolic Christian church pathway, this is not even an issue. Um, They won't enter in these physical relationships, they won't have sexually transmitted diseases, and they won't have unplanned pregnancies. But I think everybody here as parents, future parents and otherwise, quickly realizes that that is a very utopian mindset. And the realities are that 50% of all our children, and you can, uh, 50% of all our children will leave our fellowship. That's not an opinion. That's more of a statistic. And from my research, uh, that statistic is pretty accurate. So having that knowledge, we are raising children, and we're, we're setting them forth, into schools and to the world, if you can say it like that, and how are we preparing them? If we look at when your children are being raised, they're in contact with movies, internet, billboards, magazines, um, I mean, we all, friends. And when I say friends, I mean friends within our fellowship and friends outside of our fellowship. And all that information your children are receiving provides them with kind of a, if you can say, a social norm. And just think about what that social norm is from the information they're receiving. What is the social norm that movies present, that the internet presents, magazines? Well, that social norm, for the most part, means that you dress pretty pretty provocatively, that you enter into a physical relationship at a very young age, And I realize that's not the social norm in our fellowship, but the reality is your children are exposed to that, and it does affect them. And they kind of question things right away. You can't just tell them, don't do it. We all know as parents from about the age of 12, up I should say about the age of 12, up to the age of 12, you can tell your children and say, well, why can't I go to the start? Because I said so. And that's where it ends. But even after the age of 12 are up to the age of 12 and especially afterwards they start questioning things and then you say they say well why can't I have a relationship with this boy down the street or this girl down the street or in the church even and you you just can't tell them because I said so or because the Bible said so although obviously you should tell them because the Bible said so Um, our children really don't accept that as an answer anymore and they say okay I want proof and the reality is, the way God designed this, there is proof, medical proof, that supports biblical doctrine. And that's what this whole forum's about. And this forum, is, by the way, is not about the birds and the bees. So we'll get that, uh, just end it right there. It's about what happens when people enter the physical relationships. And interestingly enough, Linda and I have both canvassed I, I don't know, I don't have a quantitative number. Many people in our fellowship, and we asked them, people who are between 30 and 60 years old, we asked them, okay, um, just out of curiosity, what did your parents teach you about sex education? And 100% said nothing. I mean, we did not, I'll tell you my personal experience. My dad, this is the, actually, I shouldn't say, the parents didn't say anything. They said things like my dad told me. And by the way, this is not a knock on those parents. I just want to clarify that right now, especially my own parents. My mother's sitting right outside here. <laughs> so I've got to be very careful. <laughs> but my sex education was this. My dad said, just remember to respect girls. And that was it. And you know what? The reality is this, though. The information that's going to be presented today is to educate us as parents. And my dad did not have this knowledge. He, he really did. And he looked at things from the biblical perspective. And he, there was cultural norms that he, was, he grew up with. And he said, you know what, if you follow this path, you are successful. And guess what? If they follow that path, they are successful. But the reality is, I'm using this statistic, is 50% of the, of the uh, children that you're going to raise for the most part will not stay in this fellowship that's just that's a fact so how are we sending them out into the world so th- i'm going to end it off here t- saying that the 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 whole form is to provide parents with knowledge so that they can talk to their children on a level that is more if i can say scientific so the children can see it's just not mom and dad's trying to force their biblical perspective down their throat as usual. This is actually, this is actual scientific uh, documentation, scientific, um, um, uh, what's the proper word? Scientifically based evidence. evidence. And one last parting comment before we start the presentation is this, and Linda will touch uh, on this at the very end of the, um, of the, uh, forum, is communication. Now, I'll just tell you that in my life and what I do for work, I have a lot of people come to me during the day, and they want answers to problems. Just, it just happens to be the job I'm in. They, are, they ask um, for answers for problems, and they come into me and they, they have a question. They want an answer. And what I find is, a lot of the times I can't provide them the answer because they won't let me. Because every time I, they'll ask me a question, and then I just get like I'm like ready to tell them the answer, and before I can even get that word out of my physical mouth, they start talking again. Okay, and then I'm like, so I let them talk, and then I then they then they stay, they talk themselves through this whole scenario, the question, and then. I want to give them the answer again, and I'm just ready to say, well, maybe you should, and then they start talking again. And believe it or not, I find this with most people, except my wife, <laughs> that that mo- a lot of people, they do have problems with communication. And the reason I mention this little background story is because as parents – I think more often than not, we do that with our children. We do that with our children when we're trying to teach them something or just enter into a, a simple dialogue. Your child will come home and you say, well, you know, how was your day? And they'll tell you something about their day. And then you want to impress some value or some piece of information on your child, and you kind of ram it down their throat. You really, I'm not blaming you. For that. We, we often ram it down their throat without having a dialogue back and forth. And sometimes you have to, a lot of times it's just because we're in a hurry and we've got to get this out quickly. And just, it's very important as parents that you move real slow sometimes. Not all the times, but take some time out to move real slow. When I say real slow is don't always answer. Your, your child may ask you a question. Don't always answer it right away or provide some gaps in your conversation, so your child kind of gets that warm, fuzzy feeling where they will, they will talk it out to you themselves. Because a lot of times, if you right away they ask you, "So, mom, what about that boyfriend?" And you, "Well, I'll tell you about that boyfriend," you know, and you just bump, 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 bump. And if you just say, "Well, I don't know, what about that boyfriend?" and let them talk it out, and then use that as a teaching moment. But the communication part is huge because if you're not able to bring them into a comfort level where they will share with you the chance of you communicating what you have to tell them back into them the chance of that is very slim and so that I find that is is a very very important part of after this forum we we have some handouts, too, but hopefully we all gain knowledge about our, uh, the way our body acts. but that knowledge, the idea of the former is to transfer that knowledge to our children to make it useful, and to transfer that sometimes is tough okay and thats and that's it for now:
1: All right, can everybody hear me okay? All right. Thank you all for coming. I know it 's difficult to come to an uh, afternoon forum because we 'd all like to be doing something else during our free time, but um, God spoke to me a year <laughs> ago that uh, um, I feel the subject is very relevant, um, not only because I experienced it in my job, but I am also the mother of two teenagers as well. So we are having this discussions my girlfriends My daughters have girlfriends who do have boyfriends. <coughs> and uh, are going through relationship problems my girl my daughters have not experienced that problem themselves because they know how we feel about it and we do have a constant dialogue about it in our home um, so that being said, uh, I did come up with this uh, form for and I'm hoping that many of you will benefit from it even if you don't have, Teenagers in your home, maybe you will be counseling somebody who is in that stage in their life or Counseling a parent who's going through this within their own home um, So I do think that uh, all of you will come out with a little bit of something some little nugget of something during this presentation um, the objective of today's of uh, presentation is to expand our understanding of how God designed us to interact in physical relationships and the consequences when that natural progression is disrupted, okay, how physical relationships do influence our thought processes and how it can affect our children's futures, you know, and once armed with that information, we have a fighting chance to counsel individuals so that they will truly value the gift that God has given them in the role that it plays in their future happiness. Young people becoming fully informed will develop the best chances to have a very healthy, successful, and happy future. We want to equip all the parents in the room with compelling emotional, relational, and physical reasons to share with young people for resisting pressure to engage in a physical relationship. Many parents have advised their children to avoid a sexual relationship until marriage, and this is a moral choice that our children should follow and a value established in the home. And it is comforting to know that in addition to their own values and morals, they can now offer scientific support uh, that uh, proves what God's perfect design is for them in their lives. You can now confidently say that science shows that in order for young people to have a best chance at a happy life, they should wait until marriage before experiencing a physical relationship. And as parents, we are trying to build up a foundation of healthy sexuality that is based on scripture and a foundation that is strong enough to withstand the forces of a secular culture. And I just love this Bible verse. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We do need to teach our children that their bodies were designed to worship God and that their bodies belong to God. We cannot stress the importance of parental involvement enough Studies show that parental involvement has a definite impact on a young person's behavior changes. Teens whose parents express disapproval of a non-marital physical relationship are less likely than their peers to engage in a physical relationship. Unfortunately, studies do show that many Christian parents are not having this talk with their children. And as Lou has already stipulated, we have done a casual survey, and that survey did start with 20-year-olds and it extended to 60 year olds and 100 percent across the board told us that their parents did not talk to them about this subject okay and even though parents of teens your teens may appear disinterested when you're talking to them but in reality they are actually listening more than you think they are okay and uh, they are more likely to quote your Influences rather than a peer influence down the road, which may be surprising for you to know. Okay, we got the old presentation here. Parents are the first and most influential voices for young people versus that of society. Well, let me tell you what the public health unit is teaching your children. Okay, because I think it's pretty well standard. I know the public health unit in Windsor gets most of their information from the Centers of Disease Control, which is based in Atlanta, Georgia. They are teaching your children about safer sex and risk reduction, meaning as long as you have sex with a condom, you are protected. Well, what are you protected from? You're protected from sexually transmitted infections, and you're protected from pregnancy. Are you, but you're not even 100%, protected from those things, and you're not protected from a broken heart, and that's something that our public health unit and our our school educators are not teaching our children, and that's when I saw what was being taught to the kids under my responsibility, I said this is not going, this ends today. And now I give a very comprehensive uh, presentation to the kids at my college. And even though it is a Christian-based message, it's not presented that way. um, Because I work in a college that is a public college, I can't, but my kids are getting a very strong Christian-based message from me nonetheless. And the message that they're getting is that abstinence works best. And that's the message that we, as parents, have a responsibility to teach our children because nothing else is working. And I guarantee you that if you're not teaching it to your children, Somebody else is, so you, who do you want to have more influence over your children? You or the educators and the peers and the society's message that your kids are being bombarded with? OK? How many times uh, a year do you think your children are being exposed to, to sexual induendos or sexual reference uh, messages? Does anybody care to hazard a guess? A: year or a, a year. A year. <laughs> a year. How many times a year? No, it, studies have proven that they're getting between three and four thousand sexual references uh, per year through the media. Okay, that's just through the media. That's not with conversations with their friends or with teachers or. Okay, and uh, you know we we are Christians in this room, but we do live in the world. We know that sex is used to sell everything. So, even our our kids are getting this message. If it's not open, it's also subliminal, okay? Because it's in all the magazines, it's in all the movies, it's on TV, it's in the music that they're listening to, secular music, okay? Society has normalized sexual activity outside the boundaries of marriage, and society has degraded something. that God has created to be you that is wonderful in the context of a marriage okay and as parents we can help establish in our children a lasting sexual integrity that starts at a very young age and extends through their entire life I just wanted to go over this quote I just love this quote I had to I don't know who this Moses Malmanides is but I love the quote Truth does not become more true by virtue of the fact that the entire world agrees with it, nor less so even if the whole world disagrees with it. We know as Christian parents where our truth comes from. Parents, what we don't know can hurt us. Modern research and technologies have confirmed that sex is more than a momentary physical act. We have a unique Ability as humans to become an intimate part of one another's minds and to emotionally bond. Uh, until now, that has been difficult to prove, but modern research and technologies have confirmed that sex is more than a momentary physical act. It produces powerful and even long life, uh, lifelong changes in our brains that direct and influence our future to certain degrees. The uniqueness of the human's ability to become an intimate part of another's mind to emotionally bond is vital to one's health, happiness, and hope for the future. And we've all heard studies of those babies who are in orphanages who are never hugged and never loved and how poorly they thrive and how children in orphanages who are regularly hugged and loved and cuddled thrive much, much more. This is an innate ability uh, as a part of our humanness that God has created for us. Okay, so we're going to start with the brain. Science has established that the brain is moldable and adaptable, and the prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for mature decision-making, does not finish development until our children's mid-twenties. So for all you parents out there in this room who have said to your children, what on earth were you thinking? They do not have the physical capability for mature decision making until their mid-20s. Okay? The brain is actually an organ that can grow in flux and We're going to talk about uh, neuron support cells and synapses, just so that you understand the brain and your teenager's brain a little bit more, OK? Neurons are the primary cell of the brain through which electricity flows that makes the brain work, OK? Support cells hold the neurons together. And synapses are the uh, areas of the brain where the various cells will communicate to one another, OK? So, when the brain has learned a new activity, um, it strengthens the connections between the neurons. And these connections are critical for memory, behavior, emotions, and desires. Okay. All right. The fourth essential part of the brain is its neurochemicals, and the ones that we're going to be talking about today are dopamine, oxytocin, and vasopressin. And these neurochemicals are very, very powerful little chemicals. And they play an amazing role in our thinking, desires, and behavior. Dopamine is the chemical that gets released when you do something exciting and you feel good after. And it's called the reward. That it delivers the reward signal. Okay, And it has a great influence on human behavior. Okay, when we do something exciting, dopamine floods our brains, and it, and it produces a feeling of excitement and well-being, and it makes us feel the need and desire to want to repeat that pleasurable experience. Okay, but the thing about no, dopamine is its values neutral. It cannot distinguish between a good behavior that produced that good feeling or a bad behavior that also produced that good feeling. Now, some of the examples that our children would be going through, um, they would be separating from parents and starting a new life on their own, or thinking about marriage, or maybe thinking about starting a family. But some negative behaviors that can also produce this feeling of excitement and this dopamine release in the brain is um, our son's driving a car way too fast down the road, and they're expe- experiencing that sense of exhilaration. and. And dopamine can, that's a bad behavior. We don't want our children doing it because it's a high risk behavior, okay? But uh, however, they're still being rewarded by the dopamine that's being released into their body. Now, oxytocin is present in both genders, but it's primarily active in females, and it's, it's known as the attachment hormone, okay? So women, we're all familiar, this chemical is released in our body during the onset of labor. It's also released in our bodies during breastfeeding, okay? And it causes that bonding between a mother and a child, okay? Um, But it's also released during sexual activity and it causes our children to bond to their mates, okay? But um, what's being taught in society is that sex is OK and the out, um, outside the boundaries of marriage. So we're seeing children, if they are, are choosing to go down this path, they're bonding to people that they didn't really intend on bonding with in the first place. Um, now, I do encourage questions during this presentation. So if anybody has a question wants me to clarify it, please feel free to do so. Okay. Um, But what this serves to help us understand is, you know, we all see those women that are in abusive relationships. They're in abusive marriages. Or we've all had children that they recognize that the relationship that they're in is probably not a healthy one, but it's really hard for them to break up with their partner. Well, this is why. Because they've bonded to that person, whether they wanted to or not. Does everybody understand that? Okay. So what we need to understand that the desire to connect is not just an emotional feeling. There is a neurobiological component behind why we are bonding with our mates. Okay, It's very real. And the most important thing that I want us to stress to our children, there is no such thing as casual sex. If, you, if they are in a physical relationship outside the bonds of marriage, they, they are bonding with that person, whether they want to or not, OK? Basopressin is the neurochemical responsible for male bonding. And it's also referred to as the monogamy molecule. And this is uh, also released in men during physical relationships. and. This is what causes a man to bond to his mate, but it it also causes him to bond to his children. Okay? Again, this chemical is values neutral, meaning that a man can bond with a female unwisely if he enters into a physical relationship with her. Okay? Vasopressin has a powerful impact on human behavior, and men may question why they. Never seem able to feel a deep commitment to a woman after going from partner to partner. Well, when this happens, because of what's going on in the brain, they develop what's called impaired bonding down the road, It's like duct tape. The first time you use duct tape, it works great. But if you peel it off and you want to stick it again on something else, well, it's a little less tacky, a little less sticky. It doesn't stick as good the second time. And if you tear it off and you use it again the third time, it's going to stick even less. And that's what's happening with our, our young people. The more they enter in, the more they go from mate to mate to mate to mate, the less likely they are going to be successfully bonding with that person five and six relationships down the road. Does everybody get that one? OK. OK. So just a quick review, yes? Is
0: this at all levels of sexual activity? Or if we don't be explicit, are we talking strictly?
1: Well, and you know what, um, dopamine can be released to the brain during different stages. Like if, if huh. you experience excitement with hand holding, then you're going to want to repeat that experience of hand holding, but eventually, your brain is going to require a little bit more stimulation. OK, so then, then you might want to progress to kissing to get the same response, right? And that might be just a quick peck in the cheek. But then they might progress to close hugging, close kissing, and whatnot. So yes, um, our children, even though their relationship at a younger age may, for all appearances, look very innocent. You know, the hand-holding wants to progress to hugging, to, wants to progress to kissing, wants to progr- progress to that. And we all know that as adults. But it's hard to explain that to our children. And, um... So you are saying that these chemicals are being released Yes, they definitely are. 100% without a doubt. And what it will do is it, it will require greater stimulation to evoke the same response. Okay? All right. Um, So what we want to make sure you understand, parents in the room, is that the prefrontal cortex in our children's brain does not finish development until their mid-20s. And that's the part of the brain that is responsible for mature decision making. Okay. Why are young people are saying yes to physical relationships uh, at an early age? Well, part of the problem is lack of parental guidance and monitoring, peer pressure in society's message, curiosity, desire for intimacy, history of sexual abuse, risky behavior, which can include alcohol and drugs. Young people start confusing physical intimacy with emotional intimacy, And lack of connection and relationships with others can make them surrender to exploring physical relationships to satisfy intimacy hunger. And there's a lot of emotional consequences that our children will experience if they experience this too early in their lives. I've seen many young people in my health center, uh, both male and female, who were very suicidal after a breakup with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. They go through um, their self-esteem is very fragile at this time in their life. They're still trying to figure out who they are. Um, they can feel betrayed and abandoned, uh, guilty, depressed. I've had I have had 18-year-olds coming into the health center asking for antidepressants because they think it's a quick fix. Okay. So parents, it's time to start talking to your children, young people. studies show that young people want to receive a strong abstinence message from you. They want to be able to talk to, about this subject with you. They say it would be easier to delay physical activity if they could talk openly and honestly with their parents. And you know what, this it may require you to step out of your comfort zones, but when you, your well-being of your children is at risk. You know what, I think we'll find we're ready to step up to the plate to step out of that comfort zone to help our children because most of us I know would do, all of us I know would do anything for our children in these rooms. Young people are telling the people who are doing these studies that parents are their role models for healthy and and responsible relationships. And you know, sure. If, If
0: young people it would be easier to delay physical activity if they could talk openly and honestly with their parents. But the flip side is that they say their parents are their role models of healthy, responsible relationships. I mean, uh, I guess I'm, I'm confused with...
1: You're, you're being an, a healthy example to your children, but they still have questions. They still want to, to uh, understand things. And remember, their, their brains are not fully developed yet. So you may have to tell them something more than once. And I, I know that's how it works with my kids in my house. <laughs> I've told you this a 1,000 times. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've, I've learned I'm okay.
0: not a very good communicator. Like Lou said, right away, I, I want to instill value right away. And my kids don't want to talk to me. So I, I mean, I learned something right from the very start of this class.
1: Well, you know. Go
0: see
1: your father. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? And, and then, then they come to their mother, and it's like, no, go talk to your father about this. And they go back and forth, and you know, they throw up their hands. And you know what? Our kids are having conversations about this, uh, you know, when they're having their sleepovers or on their phones or in the schoolyards. You want to make sure that your kids are getting reliable, Christian based information and they're not getting that from their friends and you know what I'll tell you a funny story my kids my girls were in a giggly little mood and the subject came up and you know I mean we I talk about this openly with my girls we have regular conversations with it now I'm not saying that I've talked all all about this with them but you look for learning opportunities as a parent right well you know so they're giggling and whatnot and I thought you know Let's just find out how much you think you know about this subject. And so I asked them, you know, so what what do you know about this, you know? And they didn't know as much as they thought they did, you know. And uh, so it was a teaching opportunity. We have to be intuitive as parents and pick up on those cues when those learning opportunities present themselves, you know. Like I I had a wise sister uh, in my church say, you know. Went, Sometimes when my girls ask me to go shopping, the last thing on earth I want to do is go shopping with my kids. But she says, you know, that's usually the time that my girls will open up to me, and it's because we're in the car together or we're in the store together or we're just having that extended quality time and not 15 minutes at supper or half an hour at supper or whatever. You know, so sometimes, you know, we have to be intuitive to those cues that our children are giving us, um... I know our son came home uh, what was it last year, Lou, and he came in and asked Lou what this certain word was, and Lou was like, oh "My goodness, where did he come up with this word? You know, and uh, but Lou was very careful not to overreact to it, and he <laughs> you know, mind you, he had a little bit more practice because it was our third kid because the first time it happened with our oldest one, he was like, "Oh, you." you, you. Be that. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, but we as parents, there's a lot more information that's out there that's Christian-based, scientifically-based evidence, information. There's more out there for us to, at our, at our resources, out there for us to utilize than our parents had when they were raising us. Dan
0: it relates to how does this information help us in the area of counseling engaged couples? Um, there.
1: Well, plans. you know what? It's interesting that you bring that up. Because um, I had a conversation with a sister at our church in Windsor. And um, I mean, obviously, I have a comfort level with this because I do this day in and day out at work. And so does the sister at, the, at church. and. What we're noticing is, is that our kids are a lot more open about their dating in our circles, and, and our engaged cu- and couples are, are more open and more free with their physical affection and whatnot. And I, I would suggest that if it were my daughter, and I saw her exhibiting some of the behaviors that I've been witnessing in some of our young people, that I would caution them. You need to be aware. You're kind of it's a slippery slope downhill sometimes and your emotions can get carried away with you and you don't want to engage in sin before you get married. Remember, this is what God has created, this beautiful, wonderful gift, but it's within the context of a marriage. And he you have a wonderful, wonderful life waiting for you. Uh, after you get married. So,
0: so further to that question, if we think of it in the, in the other terms, um, are there some dangers of too strong a prohibition during the time of engagement? Because sort of, you know, when we were engaged, I remember thinking and early on in marriage, being exposed to some uh, teaching about marriage counseling and so forth. And, and I remember distinctly them this particular uh, psychologist teaching about sort of a healthy progression during a time of engagement, versus a very strong prohibition until the wedding at night, you also sort of go from zero to 100 percent in you know one hour. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: our- I hear your message loud and clear, Dan. I hear it and I understand it. Um, again, I'm all about giving the information. And then the couple themselves, they need to make an informed decision. They, they know how they operate best as individuals, and they need to pray about it, talk about it, and come to a consensus and an understanding. It's an informed decision. I'm here, give them the information, and then let them decide, because ultimately it is up to them. So it, they need to balance passion and purity, basically. We had an elder brother that invited um, the young girls from our church to his home, and he spoke with us and was willing to answer whatever questions we had. And the the only well, one of the main things that I walked away from that meeting with was he said, whatever your date ends up, however your date or being with this person ends up, that's where it's going to start off the next time. So the dopamine idea, it makes sense that if you were holding hands at the end of that night, the next time you're together, it will begin with holding hands. And I never forgot that. So that's just, that's something I tell my kids. He was a very wise man. Is there any more questions? Thank you for sharing that. Okay, Um, the problem that uh, we have been hearing (laughs) since I've been doing all these little casual surveys is that many Christian parents are not talking to their teens at all about physical relationships. Studies show that about 70% of parents when they're polled say that they have talked to their children about this subject. However, only 50% of teenagers actually (laughs) recall that conversation. Okay, so when your child is young... Talk about love and relationships. Talk about respecting other people and respecting yourself. I'm sorry, I did that. When your son or daughter becomes a preteen, you should begin to talk about your values on dating, on boyfriend and girlfriend relationships, and waiting to have a physical relationship until they're married. Once your son or daughter is a teenager, this conversation should continue, and you should keep talking to them as they get older, it's a constant dialogue and you're talking about healthy relationships and healthy choices. Okay? Always let your child know that you love him and that you're always available to talk and listen to them. Parental excuses for avoiding the talk. And do you ever notice that when parents talk about it, they say, Have you had the talk? We all do the <laughs> I don't know, I just noticed that. <laughs> so. It's embarrassment. Parents don't want to talk about it. Talk to their children about it. It's outside their comfort zone. Lack of knowledge. Lack of time. Concern that the teenager would think that the parent was prying or crossing some, some territories that they shouldn't be into. And adolescents already know about this because they're being taught this in the school. Well, I've already told you what they're being taught in school. You don't want that to be the only message that they're being taught. And our children already know the Bible. Yep, they do know the Bible. But you know what? I just recently read a wonderful book um, by a Christian doctor. I don't know what he's the doctor of, Dr. Kenneth Hamm. Tony's familiar with him. And he's got a website called AnswersInGenesis.com. And he wrote an extensive book uh, where he did exhaustive studies on kids who were church kids and kids who were unchurched kids. And he asked them all the same question. And he asked them, one of the questions he asked was, how many uh, do you believe that the Bible is 100% true? The amount of churched kids that thought it was true was between 30% and 40%, and, so was the, and it was the same percentage for the unchurched kids. You know, so our kids are, that, that disturbed me a lot. You know what, I, even though our kids know the Bible, I, that doesn't mean that they're following everything that's in the Bible. Okay. Here's some wonderful um, Bible verses for teaching our children about sexual integrity. And I, do, I have a few more slides, guys, so I'm going to start going through this a bit faster. Parents, you do make a difference. Young people who feel close to their parents are less likely to engage in risky behaviors, whether it's drug, alcohol, cigarettes, physical relationships. You need to communicate to your children about this, and you need to communicate it on an ongoing basis. Young people whose parents express disapproval of of non-marital physical activity are less likely to get involved in that kind of a relationship. And young people who talk to their parents about this subject are more likely to name a parent than a friend as a good source of information. Don't underestimate yourselves. You want what's best for your children. Society certainly does not. Parents provide a continuing positive influence, and don't feel your job is over after the talk, Okay, Parents can present and discuss topics in a way that is consistent with their own personal family values, and parents take in consideration their young person's personality and maturity level. You know your child the best. Expect mature behavior from your children. If they've set the bar high, then your child will try to reach that bar. Express love and praise to your children often. Encourage independence. Be assertive. Maintain open communication. Look for teaching opportunities. Remind your children that unmarried individuals are free to focus on their personal goals and development. What are their goals? Do they want to finish school? Do they want to get a good job? Do they want to travel? Talk to them about that. If they get into a premature physical relationship, this might interfere with their goals. Okay, abstinence, outside marriage, and fidelity within marriage are the best choices for a happy and a healthy future for our children and for our families and for our communities. Okay, if your child is going to wait, you want to encourage development of mature relationships. You want them to increase their own self-respect, increase mutual love and respect for each other. This will also decrease their chances for marital discourse. Studies show that people who are in uh, one relationship as another, they have a higher divorce rate. They have a higher alcoholism rate. They have a higher depression rate down the road. Those are not goals that we desire for our children. We need to tell them that. Stay connected, be patient, be consistent, don't overreact, discuss the risks of physical relationships outside marriage. Pray together. Hang in there. <laughs> <coughs> the scientific evidence confirms God's purpose in our lives when it comes to physical relationships. Not following God's perfect design for us sets ourselves up for unnecessary grief, pain, and hardship. That's it, Tony. <coughs>
0: I think, first, this is an excellent forum. Second, I think this should be presented again to the beans
1: I do have one set up for that, that we're working on that.
0: <laughs> oh, not this time, I mean. Um
1: I just wanted to let you know some of the resource material that I used to put this pre- presentation together. One of the first books that I came across uh, was a book written by Joy McElhaney, or excuse me, by Miriam Dr. Miriam Grossman, and the book was called "Unprotected." And she was a uh, clinical psychologist that worked in a university health center. And she just uh, she talked about how political correctness in her profession was endangering the students that she was talking to in counseling. Um, it was an excellent, excellent book. When she first wrote the book, she she did not reveal what her name was um, because she knew that um, she would be met with a lot of criticism by her colleagues. Um, and the book was actually met and uh, received very well by so many people that uh, she printed a second edition and did finally reveal who had actually written the book. Um, the second book that I read was called "Hooked" and it's by Dr. Joe McElhaney, who is the founder of the Med Institute. The Med Institute is a uh, internet-based website, Christian-based website, where I have uh, used. I use this resource a lot at work, um, and uh, he was um, he taught. He goes around uh, and uh, is on Focus on the Family a lot. Um, he's just very well read and very well educated on this topic. Um, so I welcome, I invite you to explore that website yourself. There's a lot of parental resources uh, available there for you to help you tap these talks with your children.
0: Are these resources listed in the uh, handout that you have?
1: Here? Actually, I, I didn't think to put them on the handout. Um, however, if if you want the information, you can come see me afterwards, and I'll uh, I'll give it to you. Um, I didn't think to put it on the handout. The handout that I have for you is over here on top of the piano. I don't think we have a lot of time to talk about it because there is a form in here afterwards. But please help yourselves to this, and uh, I. I have about 40 or 50 copies, so if you didn't get one, just it will be available on the MP3 player, or let me know, and I'll make sure that you get more copies of it. Thank you very much for sharing your afternoon with us.